organize my stuff. That's some serious top 100 stuff to talk about. And I have our, our nominees. So I think there's only one place to begin this. And it's with me making the obligatory push for Kevin Garnett to be number 21. I'm going to recap our top 20 real quick. Our top 20 is Jordan, LeBron, Kareem, Bill Russell, Duncan, Shaq, Magic, Larry Bird, Kobe, Curry, Wilt, Dr. J, Hakeem, Durant, Oscar, Jerry West, George Mikan, Moses Malone, Carl Malone, and Dirk. Really quickly, before we get too far into it, in my personal top 75, I had Steph behind Hakeem at 14, just out of a longevity issue, where those guys are like 19-time All-Stars, and Steph both hasn't finished his career and blossomed pretty late, is that do you want to move Curry back a few spots, maybe behind Wilt, or are we comfortable with where he is? Comfortable with where he is. Right. I, mean, I, I think accolades are important benchmarks, which should never be what we base this list off of. Like, I realize I've, I've built an entire matrix off of that, but if we're not going to apply our own knowledge of who did what and who elevated where, mm-hmm. then then why why do we study the sport? Why do we watch the sport? Why do I buy this giant thick book so I can learn more about Jimmy Jones and his <laughs> impact on the ABA? Like, you know, let's let's use our knowledge. Let's try to be smart about this. And, you know, the, the damning evidence against Wilt is that he averaged 49 points and his team went on an 11-game losing streak to not just the Celtics, but the all of the te- Yeah, like... <laughs> Every single team in the league at the time was just I, like, we can beat those guys. I, I want to put this out there because so many people talk about skills. Having the mindset and having those leadership and those sort of intangibles, those are basketball skills and qualities. And like, you can run down a Bill versus Wilt. All right, who's a better rebounder? Who's a better scorer? Who's more athletic? Who's taller, stronger? All of these things. But like basketball IQ is something criminally underrated in these conversations. And it's something that I think Curry has over Wilt. And I, I think we'll probably surpass Kobe on these rankings. I don't know if he gets Bird, but like, I, I'm, I'm comfortable with it. Watching Curry is insane because you're like, why doesn't my players do why don't my sorry why don't my players do that like why why don't my guys cut to the basket and float off these screens and screen for other people and move without the ball like that'd be cool if we did that like i don't know why we can't do that and that's such an important part of curry's effectiveness mm-hmm. okay our nom our nominees for the 21 spot from each position is chris paul for the point guards Dwayne wade for the shooting guards Elgin Baylor for the small forwards, Giannis for the power forwards. See, Garnett's not even up yet. You can't even nominate him. I, I fucked up. Fucked up. Uh, and Patrick Ewing for the centers. So I'm going to just put in Giannis, then Garnett, and then Wade. We comfortable with this? Whoa. <laughs> way, way too fast. I think I do like Giannis here. Um, Giannis is a crushing force like we haven't seen in a long time his ability to control both sides of the ball his ability to be the best player in the world for the past on average five years essentially um mm-hmm. to reach those peaks like game six versus phoenix to win the titles and the mvps and defensive player of the year it's a level beyond anyone else i mentioned one thing that my matrix does is it looks at players peak win shares and it doubles it in the playoffs and one thing that i find so impressive about Giannis 
is he has had really short seasons. You know, he's not playing as many minutes as a lot of guys, but also just like the shortened seasons, 2020, 2021, 2022, he hasn't hit 70 games, and that's been more of a function of COVID and the seasons than health-wise, but it is dragging down his win shares, and he's already getting up into the top 20s in his his peak. He's got the 19th high. No, sorry, scratch that. Uh, he's he's doing really well there. Um, he's just a statistically dominant force, and I don't think any of the other guys in this range have carried a team to a title, or not carried, but led a team to a title as a peak guy. You might be able to say Wade's 06. Um, that might be the only other year that you can compare with what Giannis did, and I would still say that Giannis has a higher level and meant more to his team. Well said. I'm I'm comfortable with Giannis at 21. All right. All right. That gives us. Now I don't care what happens to Kevin Garnett because <laughs> he can't uh, can't fulfill his number legacy. That's true. So we are back to Chris Paul, Dwayne Wade, Elgin Baylor, Kevin Garnett, and Patrick Ewing. Feels like a good spot for KG. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, KG never led his team to a title. Well, in the well, that's not true. KG never did it in his peak. 08 is really close, but he's the heart and soul. He is the leading scorer in more games than not, more series than not, and he's the top defensive player. Honestly, Garnett should have been in the MVP conversation a lot more than he was in 08. And, you know, if we did a full season MVP, there's a good chance you give it to Garnett. I think with Garnett, he gets too little help and then too much help to yeah. help his, his kind of all-time case where you can say... Well, he had no help, and so people tend to, I think people tend to overrate him because he didn't have much help in Minnesota. And then when he gets the help in, in Boston, people will say, oh, well, he had a super team. He didn't. Like, he was carried. He needed all these guys when he always was. He, he's just as good as he always was. It's just the environment around him changes. For some reason, KG tends to be one of the most overrated players ever. Not that we're over underrating him. I think 22 is a perfect spot for him completely reasonable for some reason it's him david robinson and wade there's something about defense that puts those guys especially garnett in i've seen garnett as high as 10 i've seen garnett in people's top fives and whether those are real functional members of society is another another debate on uh where their heads at with those kind of placements but there's something about him getting no help. People say, oh, he was just as, he's just as good as Duncan. I don't think that's true, um, mm -hmm. really at all. But yeah, it, something it's, about it. Yeah, I mean, statistically, this is about where he ends up. I think matrix-wise, we moved him back two spots. And part of that is the fact that we raised up George Mikan and we raised up Giannis to a higher position. Um, we, we also did raise and lower some other guys. Dirk is behind him in the matrix is now above him um you could talk a lot about kg's talents if stefan marbury had stuck around maybe they're a little bit better but part of kg's story is that he has the statistical dominance when he has no other teammates he literally leads minnesota in all five stats one season like i mean all five counting stats points rebounds blocks assists, steals um and if he has more talent he doesn't do that it's so that part of his narrative his story goes down when the other part goes up when he has more team success um i, I think this is really interesting to look into the celtics played two game sevens that year they played the Cavs to game seven and they played the hawks to game seven and 
when they play the Hawks in the first round and push them to game seven, it's Garnett that very clearly takes them over the hill. He 18 points, 11 rebounds doesn't sound super impressive, but the Celtics win this game 99 to 65. Defense. Yeah. The the Hawks shoot 29% in that game. And KG's just picking them apart. In the second game, game five, or second game seven, it's it's a lot more questionable. Did he get carried? Garnett goes 13 and 13, but he's five for 13 from the floor. It's it's more of kind of a Pierce game. He gets that help. They get past it. Pierce in that game is 41 points. It's not to say any of this takes away or adds, but like Garnett is not the imposing physical level that we, we saw from Giannis. Absolutely. I think I think the 20s is a good range for him. I think you might be able to make the argument to sneak him into the late teens. Um, but when I start seeing people try to put him at 13 or 14 or 15, like that, that's a red flag for me. It's too high. Too high. It's too high for KG. Giannis's ability in the playoffs, in the finals, to dominate at every level with just absurd production is something we never really see from Garnett. I think even if you get a championship level team with Kevin Garnett as your best player, you you aren't seeing the same workload for Garnett that you saw for Giannis with the Bucks. Mm-hmm. That's what it comes down to. I will pencil in Garnett. Now can I ask, as we've moved past Garnett, does this now feel like a good range for Dwayne Wade? I want Bob Pettit. Really? Yeah. Bob okay. Pettit is always, he, he plays... Let me just double check, because I think it's always like 12 straight years, basically. So you're going to try to hit me with the Pettit has a longer career, more sustained greatness, and I'm going to try to convince you on Dwayne Wade's apex as just being a higher talented player. Sure. Uh, That the battle lines we're talking about here? I think it's a losing battle for you, but with Pettit, it's 11 years of 26 and 16 He's going to the playoffs every single year. Well, that's not an insane accomplishment given how many teams made the playoffs. He is going to four finals. Four finals in 11 years. He wins one of them. But he's still good enough to get there. And with Wade, I think the stars align for him in 2006. Mm-hmm. Everything goes right and he makes that run. And then never he never comes close again given the injuries, given what level of a player he is where Pettit just kind of chugs along at this, I'm one of the five best players in the league every single year, drumbeat, and the final... Five best players in an eight-team league, though. And the and it's not just eight. It's like 12 at some point. But still. I know, I'm being Pettit has two MVPs, two second-place finishes, a third-place finish, three fourth-place finishes. You could argue he's higher than a top-five player. For a majority of that and the finals come and go essentially where it's like hey the hawks can make the finals this year i think you could he left you know, you mentioned in the previous pod that you look at the the championships left on the table mm-hmm. and and pettit does lose a game seven into boston 1957 where he plays really well well the shooting splits aren't there but he's 30 at 30 points and 18 boards they lose another game seven to boston 1960 he's 25 points and 15 boards and then they do lose in five games in 61, but they managed to take 68 from them. And obviously, Russell's hurt, and it's possible that, that Pettit goes 0-4, but I don't really think that changes anything. Even if he does go 0-4, he's still at that level 
of a player. Hey guys, let's go to the finals. I'm Bob Pettit. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> That's what he sounds like. Hey guys, I'm Bob Pettit. Let's go to the finals. And Dwayne Wade's like, my knee hurts. I can't play 50 games this year. Those are my impressions. Okay. Okay. I love the impressions. <laughs> it's, it's, it's top notch. Thank you. Um, so you gave me an 11 year stretch for Pettit. Let's, let's look at Wade's 11 year stretch here from 2005 to 2016. He averages 24 points, six assists, five rebounds. It, it's an 11 year stretch. It's the same stretch. Now he's missing more games within those seasons, which is why I'm really happy you did per game, not total numbers, um, because that that is the thing. And I think Wade is an incredibly good basketball player. Wade is doing a lot with a little. And I, I think I have to make two cases here to be to be honest to my own self and my own basketball thoughts um because wade both did not do enough to make himself higher on this list um wade is not passing wade is not a truly super efficient scorer wade is you're not able to build this team around him in a way that that would be like a curry-esque team um but also he has really bad teammates like 2009 that that wade year 30 points per game 7.5 assists um, and he gets to the playoffs, and he is. What seed are they here? They are. They're the. They're in the four-five matchup, and they take it to seven games. And this guy's primary help is Michael Beasley. Like, like Michael Beasley, thirty-year-old Jermaine O'Neal, James Jones, and Udonis Haslam, Mario Char. Like these are the guys he's starting. They start with Joel Anthony a couple of games this series because because Jermaine O'Neal gets hurt. If Jermaine doesn't get hurt, maybe they maybe they make the second round we can kind of put some of this wade can't do stuff talk to bed i just i I think the era is enough of a detraction for me to move pet it back one spot and and give wade number 23 this is interesting because we really i'm not like i'm never gonna hold my ground in in stubbornness i think with wade you're looking at 05 to 2011 Mm -hmm. that's it Four, five, six, seven. It's a seven. It's a seven-year period of I'm the guy. Let's do this kind of play. And within that, within that stretch, he has two years that he plays 51 games. And so it's like five seasons of I'm the guy. Let's do this. And there's two where he's out. He's out 20 games, and that's why the team wins 44 games. Sure. But by but you know by 2012, let's say Wade is one of the. In 2012, he plays 50 games again, and you're like, is this one of the 30 best players in the league? And then it just kind of gets worse and worse, and he plays less and less, and he's pretty good in Chicago, given that. Like, it's a nice, a nice little fun Chicago season. I remember my, my grandma was happy. Uh, well, I would say that 12, 13, and 14, it, it's more of an injury thing. Those are actually some of his most efficient years from a true shooting perspective. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he's efficient, but playing with LeBron, he has to do less. He has the ball in his hands less. He doesn't. I have to do less. He gets to do less. This is not a forced thing. The best thing to happen no, no, no. to Wade is... You have to do less if you're you're next to LeBron. The ball has to be in LeBron's yeah, hands. Like, that's this is good. a Westbrook KD thing. Like, that's, that's good it, for, for Wade. Yeah. But, all right, if you're really sold and you want to go to TikTok and tell them <laughs> that you're putting Wade behind Bob Pettit, I've done it before. I'll let you make that I'll argument. I'll do it again. I'll let you make those arguments. I'll do it again. All right. Let's do it. All right. You're a braver soul than I am. All right. So Pettit at 23, Wade at 24. At this point, we're introducing to our discussion James Harden 
as the fourth best shooting guard. We are introducing Charles Barkley as the sixth best power forward. And we still have Elgin, Chris Paul, and Patrick Ewing. Now, are you going to be the bad guy? Or am I going to be the bad guy that tries to make the case for James Harden here? Jeez, man. Why not Elgin Baylor? Why can't we just be nice and just say it's Elgin? Oh, talk to me into it. And I, I, I will say, I've fought for Baylor to be very high um, in, in these conversations a number of times. This is actually moving him back from the Matrix. Baylor has a similar problem to, to Dwayne Wade of his peak is incredibly high and then injuries really rob him of it. If we look at what Baylor did before Jerry West gets there and even a little bit of like once West is is there, Baylor is is just dynamic. Baylor is an incredible, incredible player. You talk about Pettit being a top five guy. He's more like four or five. Baylor is in the conversation with Wilt and with, with Bill Russell for a couple of years and then his knees just give out and Rabbit doesn't have his hops anymore, but Baylor is the prototype for the modern small forward. I think you've got it. Him in and West go to nine, is it eight? I think he just goes to eight finals. No, he, so Baylor goes to seven finals and loses all of them, which is just insanity. It, it's a, with Russell's unprecedented, never to be repeated winning, you get Baylor's unprecedented, never to be repeated losing. But even in those losses, like 1962 finals, they go to seven with Boston. Baylor is 40 points and 18 boards, three and a half assists. Turns around 63, lose to Boston in the finals. Surprise, surprise, 34 points, 15 boards, four assists. Let's go later, 66 finals, 25 points, 15 boards, two assists. It's a, he has a career average of 27 and 13 with four, with four assists. And the four assists are important because in this era, assists are counted a little more strictly. Think of this as modern day six to seven assists like he's 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 really sharing the ball he has a lot of offensive responsibility yeah there's been some miscommunications on what jerry west is is west a point guard is west a shooting guard and part of that is because west doesn't have the ball in his hands as much and isn't doing as much ball handling responsibilities distributing responsibilities because baylor is doing that specific task according to basketball reference basketball reference the similarity scores You've seen that? Yeah. Um, Eugene Baylor is more similar to Elton Brand. <laughs> oh, God. Is that just because he drafted him? What's going on with the... I guess it's just... I don't know. Ba- Baylor's win shares are a little funky uh, towards the end. He doesn't have a ton from 65 on, essentially. But he still has them. I don't know. That's, that's weird. They're most similar to Elton Brand. And Detlef Shrimp. Goes Brand, Shrimp, McHale, Horace Grant, Bobby Jones, Amari Sadamari, Jerry Lucas, Jimmy Butler, Bailey Howell, Grant Hill. Yeah, I'm going to say that this similarity score is not the best thing to look at. No, nah, I think we can, uh, we can throw that in the trash. All right, so no, that's, that's 25. Give me, no, no, give me the Harden case. I want to hear it because you, you mentioned it, and maybe 26 is a good spot for him. But We can look at Harden and say that Harden is one of the most complete offensive players to ever play the game of basketball. This man averaged 30 and 10 and for a season. He averaged 36 and 7 2 years later. Harden Harden changed the game and became the poster boy for heliocentric offenses, which we've not seen win, but we have seen maximize a lot of players. There's talents and efficiencies and I think that that is notable to change the game on that fundamental level and show what you can do like that. Harden also 
while he only has the one MVP, I think that it's important stretch that he goes in 2015 second, 16 not really in the running, 17 second, 18 wins it, 19 second, and 2020 third. He's one of the five best players in the league for good stretch there, arguably yeah. higher than that. He's a he's a machine, and there are so few people. And this this is a concept that goes a lot into these rankings. Where what's their responsibility like? Mm-hmm. Is their team success reliant on them? Because if they're not playing, mm-hmm. if they're not involved, then who gives a shit? But for Harden, everything goes through him. Every day he yes. wakes up, and the coach comes over, and they're like, "Hey, James, I need you to do everything." And if you don't, we lose. And that is something that few people have had and even fewer people have succeeded with. Because even someone like Allen Iverson had that, had that immense offensive responsibility, but it wasn't super effective. It kind of worked. It wasn't super mm-hmm. effective. Harden just takes that and is like, hey, by the way, you can go to the Western Conference Finals and win 65 games doing this. And the 2018 Rockets are one of the, the big what-ifs, really, because that team was better than the 2018 Warriors. They just were, and they—that's a ring left on the table. That's not Harden's fault. That's something that Chris Paul's hamstring or whatever it was at the time kind of falls apart on him. And that's just—that's basketball. But then they would—they would have rolled that Cavs team. And I will say that I'm not going to alleviate the blame from Harden. Harden has been his own worst enemy, and if you ever listen to Zach Lowe, you know you hear him talk about it. It's. It, Harden's game seven, his his closeout games have been truly horrific. But what he did in Brooklyn, and that is that's a Durant toe size away from him being the second best player on a title team and a very high second best player while playing through injuries. Um, you know, he's he's a couple of collapses away, and, and those collapses are his fault, and he's going to have to own them. There's a reason why we're not having the the Harden or Dwayne Wade debate. Like Wade, Wade did it. Wade might have only ever done it once, but he did it. And he can elevate in those playoffs. You never never really doubt Wade's ability in the playoffs. Where yeah. Because I, I have made a ton of videos because I went on a big anti-Harden spiel for about a month because I watched him basically stop trying in that last uh, closeout game on Philly versus Miami in the playoffs, and I was just done. I was like, I've defended this guy too much. He's burned me too many times. This guy can't play in the playoffs, and that's all still there. I think I ignored the immense amount of talent that he did have, but his yeah. he, he he is not that he's not a competitor, but of everyone who've listed, Harden is the most likely to just kind of roll over and play dead in the biggest moments. Wow. What? <laughs> just just such an <laughs> We're we're trying to make the case that this guy is the twenty sixth best player of all time. We're like, so he rolls over and plays dead. Um, <laughs> it just doesn't sound great. But also Yeah. He gets to the moment. And I don't know that a lot of these other guys that we have kind of up next or th- that we're, we're ready to discuss have that moment. Like, when did Bob Cousy get there? I mean, maybe we, we can talk about Charles Barkley. And, may, and maybe we should put Barkley above him because um, Barkley does get his team there. How do you feel about Barkley potentially over him? I usually do have Barkley over him, and I'm okay with it. I'm just looking at Harden right now because, I mean, Harden is... As good as he usually is from since 2013. We always think about like 2018, 19, 20 James Harden as kind of his peak even in, into mm-hmm. 17. Um, but he's just as good for a long time. Um, looking at, yeah, of course, 2013, fucking horrible in the playoffs. And they lose in the first round. Well, <laughs> same with 2014. There, I, 
I don't know. Talk if... it into a, a Barkley over Harden? Yeah, sure. I, I just don't know if there is a single. Is there a single playoff series that James Harden plays in where you're like, oh, fuck, we can't stop James Harden? Like, I guess that was like, nah, no, 2019 versus Golden State. They lose, but he's playing really well. Yeah. 2020 I mean... versus OKC? I think if it's a first round series, I'm, I, I never want to write home about something a guy does in the first round. Yeah, because there's just, just there's really none of these. You're like, wow. Yeah. Here and you Barkley, go. Oh, no, that's another first round. Go ahead. Barkley is really limited to his '93 run, where he gets to the finals and has kind of a. I mean, it's it's a good finals. It's 27, 13, and five, uh, 47.6 percent from the floor. Like it's it's not phenomenal. Um, but it is fairly in line with all of the with most of the rest of his other series. It's not like he's taking this huge dip in the finals. I don't know that we can look at Barkley and say that he collapsed in the same way we can with Harden. But this is this is kind of the level that we've gotten to. We've we have moved out of guys who can perennially lead their team. Um, and I, I include the word perennially specifically because we've left a guy who has won a title as the lead guy on his team further down. With that perennial success, that ability to you know lead a team to sixty plus wins multiple times, to be in the conversation of greatest player in the league, like that, we're moving out of that. Now we're getting guys like individual stories. Um, so I guess I'm fine with Harden at twenty six, and I, I think Barkley would be my strong nomination for twenty seven. All right, I typed that up. We went Elgin, James Harden, and then Charles Barkley. I think that ended with Pettit, where. Pettit's the last guy we're going to see where he is consistently, over the course of 80% of his career, one of the best players in the league. And, and Pettit's cheating a little bit because he retired early. Um, he didn't play for, for all too long. But even with a Garnett, it's just, yeah, Kevin Garnett's one of the best players in the league. Ends with, like, the perennial top five guys in the league kind of ends with Wade because Wade is often on with injuries and it's not a super long stretch. And, and then we get to, to Baylor. And when I got to Baylor, I kind of hesitated because I feel like, I don't know, I feel like Baylor being behind Wade is just, it's just a little funky, but I don't know. Elgin Baylor was a seven finals, and he has Jerry West, and I think that's kind of the 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 the, the big point there. It's that yeah. he has someone about as good as him, and that's what it takes to go to the finals. And Dwayne Wade did, doesn't need someone just as good as him to even win a championship. It's a little bit different, but I don't know seven uh, finals. Listen, Shaq was second in MVP the year prior. There's still a lot of focus on Shaq, even if his statistics don't show it. Like yeah. I think that's the that's the year where like. Defensive realize defenses are able to stop Shaq, but I we people put too much emphasis on what Wade did in 06 and like it, it downplays Shaq's greatness. Um, but are, are we comfortable Harden Barkley? And if we are comfortable there, that gives us some really interesting options because we have the Chris Paul, which never really leads his team to a finals. We can say Phoenix, but that is that should not be the Chris Paul case. Chris Paul's case is his wonderful performances for half a well for a full decade we have at the shooting guard Allen Iverson a very similar case to James Harden he does have the one finals appearance but tails off much sooner small forward next up we have John Havlicek eight rings probably only the most important guy on one of those and still that one is I mean questionable you know, yeah yeah let me take uh we took Harden off we took Elgin off Barkley off. It'll take a little bit for me to get comfortable with our new, the new order. I've had um, I've had a similar list for so long now. I have to like, what do I? What are my new arguments for? Well, for we also 
we also would have Dolph Shays, Patrick Ewing, and I, I am a little bit hesitant to keep watching Patrick Ewing slide because we made the case of Patrick Ewing over David Robinson, mm-hmm. and I, I fought you for that one. Um, and part of my fighting is I think David Robinson is overrated and Patrick Ewing is underrated. I don't think we're quite to them yet, but I think I, I don't think we've got too much more room to go before we need to start talking about them. David Robinson is so fucking overrated, dude. You can cut this part out. It's just I need to I need, to, I need to? to I need to type out this list because I saw one on TikTok and it's just like it's the casuals list. That's what I call it. it and it goes like there's a few key things you look for. Bill and Wilt are eleven and or ten and eleven around there, and they put a little fucking note that says interchangeable because they can't fucking decide because they don't know anything about the sport. And they're just regurgitating some shit they found online. And so they just stick a little interchangeable thing next to their names. Because they don't know. They have no idea. Dwayne Wade and Dave Robinson are top, like, 18 for some fucking reason. Even though David Robinson do take you to the first round and lose it for seven years. And that's it. That's just the whole David Robinson story. Wade is obviously given the highest of, of those. Um, he's up there. Uh, Oscar is always, like, 20th for some reason just don't include him if he's gonna be 20th that's fucking ridiculous um and then kobe's like four and you're like all right this is just this is a nothing list that nothing this none of this matters and you just throw it away it's why basketball for brains has the best gig on tiktok it's just reviewing people's things and be like really really i haven't Bro, seen his serious? uh his videos in a while oh, is he still making content i think no i think i saw it recently i think he took a little break and is coming back yeah but. Can I keep that rant in there? I want to keep that rant in there. Yeah, sure. Who do, who are you, I'm making you make a nomination. Who who okay. you got next? Let me let me take a look. Let me take a look. So we said Barkley. We have Chris Paul, George Gervin, John Havlicek, Dolph Shays, Patrick Ewing. Let's do uh let's do Chris Paul. He stands out the most to me. He's the point god. He is I think as close as you're getting to that perennial top five guy that we're looking for 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 a quite a long time there a wise man once said to dis to disappoint one must first have high expectations was that dylan i don't know who's i, I kind of i feel like you said something similar and then i kind of confuciousized it um i just feel like it was dylan i don't know if i've ever i, I don't think i've done any enough pods with dylan for him to say some shit like that you know he, he's got wise words and he says it in just I such a beautiful way yeah that sticks with he me. always does i i crack up when we record he's i think he's hilarious um and so for people to view Chris Paul as a choker, he first must be up in a playoff series, which mm-hmm. a lot of guys, Chris Paul has to be up 2-0 in a playoff series as the best player to then blow it. And a lot of these guys aren't good enough to take their team to 50-something wins, to go up 2-0, and then lose. And that sounds ridiculous, but only because he is so good has he failed so hard. That's my Chris Paul case. And I think him being as good as he is makes up for the fact that you know, playoffs are a little, little, little disappointing. Yeah, yeah. You can go through. One sec. Um, you can go through all of his playoff stuff in the the series he choked two one leads, and it's it's not nearly as egregious. Part of the two two zero shit comes from the first round being expanded to seven game, pretty um, just a few years prior from getting into the league. So most of the NBA would never really got a crack at having that record at doing that. Well, they didn't get the record chance of doing that in the second or in the first round they could still do it in the second round yeah, but then you have to be a good enough player to get to the second round um and, and there are some series where that's i think he blows like eight two what two oh leads or something and three of them he gets hurt five of three of them he plays totally fine and then two of them he's bad and it, it's it's 
it's not just him playing poorly. There's an injury a lot. There's an injury issue. Sometimes Blake Griffin decides not to show up. Um, sometimes his teammates get hurt. Sometimes, like New Orleans versus San Antonio, early in his career, he's overachieving at first. He shouldn't be up 2-0 at all. This is an accomplishment. And then the better team turns it on, takes over, and that's not a failure of Chris Paul's. He got beat by a better team. He had them on the ropes for a second. I would still consider that a success. Yeah, I don't know how much he really went up against better teams, though. Just just in that instance, and against yeah. San Antonio, in a way. Yeah. I, he I'm, plays great. I'm, I'm fine with it. I don't really have a great argument for anybody over him, but I would like to start saying this is where this is where I start to look at being the second guy on teams where, you know, and I think, I think Paul, I'm fine with being the 28th and that dividing line, but then I, I kind of want to do a little run at small forward here with John Havlicek and all that he meant to the Celtics, those eight rings, one finals MVP. It, I, it, it's very hard to parse who actually is means more, did more in NBA history. Chris Paul, who has never won or Havlicek, who is, almost always one, but one is a lesser um, contributing factor. Are you comfortable with Paul at 28? And then how do you feel about Havlicek at 29? I think it's a great spot. I've had Hondo as high as like 25. I think I was one overvaluing his contributions to some of his rings. Also him playing during having his best years while the ABA exists kind of knocks him down a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. He's not one of the 20 best players ever. Even with the finals MVP, I need it. Let's take a deep. Let's let's take a second to kind of deep dive that real quick. Because I do want to see, like, how does Cowan's, like, what's Cowan's role? Because he wins, it was the 76 MVP or 74, 73, 72? 74. <laughs> 74. But I think there's also an argument for him to win it in 79. 69? 69. Yes. Yeah, that's true. But, but they give it to West because they, they didn't even know what the award was about yet. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and any other year, it goes to, it goes to Havlicek. Like we've we've legitimately never given it to a guy that lost since, and the one time it did go to the guy that lost, if it had gone to the guy that won, it would go to Havlicek, not Bill Russell. Which is really kind of sad and funny that the Bill Russell Trophy, the one year that existed for his career and he won the chip, one didn't go to him. Two, if it did go to his team, still wouldn't have gone to him. <laughs> I think I like Havlicek's case here. He wasn't the best player on his teams, but I always go back to this question. What does it take to win eight rings? Mm-hmm. And the answer is probably one of the five best players ever in Russell, and you probably need one of the 30 best players ever in Havlicek with him. He's yep. not the second best player like a Chris Middleton is. He is Chris Middleton on steroids for a decade. And that's how that's how that's what you need. That's that's the requirement to be a contender for that long is a player that's that good. He's a 13 time all star. He's an 11 time all NBA player. And he's a crucial part in that defense that we always talk about in in being an eight time all defensive player. Something also to note, 1971, they win 44 games. It's kind of a mess. But Havlicek is 29 points a game, nine boards, seven and a half assists. So So you do, even if it's just briefly, I think 72 gets a lot better, and he's still he's still kind of carry out. They win 56 games that year, and he's 27 points, eight boards, seven and a half assists. He leads that team in scoring and assists. So you do you do get to see it for a little bit. Yeah, 
it's it's not completely it's not like Pippin where it's like one year and you're like oh what could have been you get to see it a little bit and it's he could be the best player on a 50 something win team he could be the best player on a 40 something win team like it's there I'm really glad you said it's not like Pippin because I said I wanted to go on a little run at small forward here <laughs> I'm also glad that you said that's what it takes to win in eight rings well what does it take to win six rings you have to have one of the best five players of all time and one of the 30 best players of all time. One of the one best players of all time. One of the two best players. I was I was trying to stick with the similarity yeah. themes yeah. to Bill Russell. But like, you know, uh, the other guys that we have on the board at this point are George Gervin, Bob Cousy, Dolph Shays, Patrick Ewing. Like, at, at this point, I rely on what Larry Bird said, which is, if you're asking the top players in the league, Pippen's top five. If you put him next to Michael Jordan... The way that they cover each other and the symbiosis they have, they're one and two. That's a paraphrase of a Larry Bird quote, but it's it just shows his value. He's always underrated offensively. I think people see him as just kind of the defensive muscle behind mm-hmm. Michael, but it's so much more. Because the 20 points per game isn't overwhelming, but at the time, 20 points per game was actually pretty significant. He has four seasons in the top 20 in points per game 1994 him averaging 22 points per game is good for eighth so he's one of he's able to be proven to be one of the best scorers in the league when asked that's capable he can do that but even in that 94 year without michael it's the five and a half assists and in the early years 91 92 six assists seven assists he averages five assists for his career he's this the strongest I mean, dude's like just insane. I don't know why I started with this point, but he is just built like a brick wall. Um, the arms are insane. The wingspan with the scoring ability with the being the best perimeter defender in the game and being like this crazy point forward. It's everything you want a two guy. And that's really why he was the most successful one mm-hmm. ever because it's just Michael and him. It's not this whole barrage of Hall of Famers or whatnot. It's just like, all right, Michael and Scotty gets you equals like two of the 10 best teams, the two of the five greatest teams ever, 96 and 97 balls. And he's incredibly switchable, like the vacuum test, uh, or like, you know, pair, pair him with anyone else. All right, you pair him with Shaq. Pippen can still run your offense, get Shaq the ball, lock down the other team's best player. Great. Pippen will do that with any number of other bigs. All right, let's pair him with a guard. Ooh, man, a Pippen-Steph Curry team? Sure, he's going to... Short roll, same as Draymond Green. He's going to be the best defensive player out there. No, he's probably not going to protect the rim. You're probably going to need a different rim protector. But like, you can play Pippen with any any combination of other players, and that's not something that can be said of a whole ton of secondary guys. Like a lot of secondary guys kind of clash or step on each other's toes, but there's enough talent to make it work. Pippen Pippen works with everyone. Pippen played in the six finals. Obviously, they won them all. He's 19 points. 8.3 boards, 5.9 assists. He really doesn't have a finals where he's, I guess, 96 looking at it, but he's consistently good. But it, it, at no point is he on those Bulls teams, a, like a young up-and-comer just picking up a ring, like 2000 mm-hmm. Kobe or Bird. Nah, really Bird in his first year because that's he was still really good. Uh, or Havlicek for his first ones, essentially, because we just talked about Havlicek. He's immediately there we're going to make it to the finals like me and you. And I'm happy with Pippen at, at number 30. Perfect. I, I love that for our 30 spot. You're letting the 12th best player of all time, the one of the five best defenders ever, and uh, 
the greatest athlete to ever live, David Robinson. He's just free falling. What's going on? Well, I mean, he's still behind Patrick Ewing, and I haven't. <laughs> that's, that's true. Haven't really seen seen the case to 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 make for Patrick Ewing just yet. Um, yeah, I mean, like I I still love this going on the small forward run. I'd really heavily consider Rick Barry in here. Um, I'd be totally cool if we want to start talking about George Gervin or even Bob Cousy. I think. I th- I think it's a good place to put Kuzi over over Patrick Ewing. Yeah, I, th- I mean it's just it's, it seems insane for most common basketball takes for the Rob for David Robinson to be this. So we better have a strong argument heading into that. Um, the, I mean the argument look- doesn't change from what we had last time. The argument is this man is a statistical marvel in the regular season that does not do it in the playoffs. And that has a very short actual peak. And part of that's due to his military service, delaying the actual start of his career. Part of it's the fact that he was incredibly athletic, but then didn't ever perform up to it. And, you know, I I mean, part of my basketball fandom was the belief that Tim Duncan got that kind of early, easy ring coming in and playing next to another elite superstar player. And that's just kind of semi-verifiably false. Like, Duncan... Look at 2000. But what happened yeah. in 2000? Duncan gets hurt. All right, David, yeah. let's see it. Horrible. They lose in the first round. Yeah. So, I mean, we're talking about a seven-year really great stretch. Five. That he wins five playoff series. Seven. Yeah. I, I'm okay with the free fall. Yeah. It's 11 playoff series. He wins, maybe I think it's six, maybe he wins six of them. Yeah. I mean, it's just five. I think it goes five and six. It's 11 playoff series. He wins five of them. He plays, like, well in six and meh in the rest and, like, bad in a few. And, like, it's it's not, that's not what a top 30 player looks like to me well and i think one of the things that just just a defining characteristic of our list we are not ranking what could have been we are ranking what is what what these players mean what they meant how good they were and and i think a lot of people really love the talent of david robinson and the versatility of david robinson and they project that he could have been so much more if he had these different teammates if he had this if he if this were that was different and it wasn't and you know we might be conversely on the flip side of doing the same thing with someone like Kawhi, who did get his two rings um but like on a razor's edge this man is always injured he still isn't playing games with the clippers after taking all of last year off to recover like there's there's issues on both sides of this fence but i'm looking at it and i i, I would take Kawhi leonard over Robinson, Patrick Ewing, a lot of these other guys, um, because he actually did have that success, and and he's still down. So I think I think we still have like three or four more guys to go yeah, yeah. before we it. get. I, I think the more I look into Rick Barry, also number one player on like NBA trivia that would get people if I asked you, does this player have an MVP? Like ninety five percent of people are like, oh yeah, Rick Barry definitely. Like yes, like when he played in the ABA, like there's no way he didn't win MVP. Does not have an MVP. Yeah, gets me every time. Like I just, I've, I've, some reason I've, I've counted that. My favorite thing about Rick Barry is the '65 Warriors are a disaster, and it's Wilt basically giving up. And I'm sure people have looked at that roster and said that like these guys couldn't win. It's a horrible roster. And then Rick Barry shows up and he's like, "Hey guys, we actually can win. Like it's okay if you win basketball games." And really takes the same core, and we're gonna go to the final. And he knocks two games off of Wilt in the '67 Finals. Is Wilt against his former team, and it's like the same guys, and it's a little bit cheating because Wilt's 
the second best player for the Warriors in 67 is Thurman. Wilt is playing with Thurman, but Thurman isn't really playing because Wilt is always playing. Yeah. But Rick Barry, I mean, Rick Barry took, it's like, all right, Tom Meshry and who are the other guys? This guy, is Kai uh, Rogers still Tom there? Gola? Tom Gola? Tom, is it Gola? Let me see. Let me see. Gola. 67. And they, they only win 44 games, but they do win two playoff series. That's important. Uh, Paul Newman, Al Adels, Tom Eshery, Nate Thurmond, all main contributors on the 65 Warriors, and now contributing for the 67 Warriors, and it's just like, yeah, Rick Barry is more effective. If you could make a real argument that Rick Barry was better than Will in 1966. Yeah, I I think that's that's a fair argument to make. Um, Rick Barry also, I mean, he jumps leagues, but he doesn't stay in the ABA that long. He kind of shows up as a favor i want to say it's his father-in-law that's coaching um but he only he's only there till 72 and then he comes back and still has his age 28 hit season in the nba and then on forward back in the nba and there's not too much of a difference between his nba and aba stats i I, i'm in favor of rick barry here um yeah I i don't have too much more to add yeah, it's like we're off to go to the finals. I'm Rick Barry. That's yeah. my Rick Barry impression. It's we're off to see the wizard, but but it's we're off to go to the finals. <laughs> in the sixties, it's the he has the record for most points per game in the finals. If I remember correctly, or highest career career average in the finals at a yeah, make it more often. Yeah, that's true. But he did have he does have it. Uh, he's forty eight and three in the sixty seven finals, and he's in the ABA. He is thirty one six and five and a half, and then seventy five. He wins it. He's twenty nine four five. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna stick with my previous comment. Win it or make the finals more often. <laughs> like you make it once, and you have this high average. Like they great. go they go to the seventy six Western Conference Finals. That's kind yeah, of but we're talking about his finals average. Yeah, he also goes to the the. 73 Western Conference Finals and plays really poorly, but that's a different conversation. I like Rick Barry here. I think it's good. All right. All right. So Rick Barry at 31. Can I talk into George Gervin at 32? Oh, really? That's too high for me. Okay. Um, I don't think I have him. Like, usually I think he's quite a few spots down in my own list. Um, I'm curious to hear your case because I'm open to it. I like George Gervin, but go on. So Gervin is quintessentially one of the people that you just want on your team in basketball like this man is an incredible scorer and there's a lot made of his terrible playoff record the man is 3 and 13 in the playoffs but he's also playing in an era where there aren't as many rounds and like there's some years where the league takes up to like 70% of the teams and there are leagues where it takes less than 50%. And he's playing in closer to that 50% range than he is the 70% range. So he's not getting some of these either easy playoff wins or additional playoff series. Like, you actually have to be really good. Imagine if he got to play the eighth-seeded Magic every year. Exactly. That's that's kind of my my takeaway. Is like, hey, you, you actually had to play and beat someone good. And then when he did actually have decent teams, in 79, he pushes... Is the bullets and I, you know, it's the bullets, but he, he pushes them to seven games. And Gervin is doing so much of the heavy lifting. Gervin is averaging 31 points per game. His next couple of guys up are Larry Kennan and James Silas, not top 100 in consideration guys. They do blow through one lead though. That kind of stings. That's that stings. They had him, they had him. Um, and Gervin has a pretty rough game six. But he has a fantastic game seven. You can't say he didn't uh, step it up in the moment. 
he's got a pretty good game five, but like, I mean, 42 point game seven, you know, it's a, there's not really a great case for Gervin, but I'm, I'm just looking at our other options here. And I'm, I mean, do you, do you want to go Kawhi? Let's do, this feels like the spot for Kuzi. So I, I thought about Kuzi and I, I kind of keep moving Kuzi back because although Kuzi does have his MVP, Kuzi didn't accomplish anything until Bill got That's there. That's true. And there are other talented, like in that condensed league, like he was still playing with other stars. It's him, it's Charmin, it's Heinsohn. I don't know if Heinsohn was there. Um, Heinsohn gets there. Heinsohn gets there. You're thinking of Macaulay. Macaulay. Um, you know, hey, they're, they're a three all-star team and they're still not making it that far. I think that's true. And that hurts. It always hurts. I like, I, I think part of the koozie thing, though, is how well he plays with Russell. Yeah. That's, I think that is something to be said with, because the Celtics are two things. They are, while Kuzi's playing with with Russell, they are the best defense in the league, and they are the fastest team. Number one in defense, and number one in pace. Every single year, it's Kuzi and Russell. And only when, when Kuzi retires, the Celtics are still number one in defense, but that pace drops off to bottom half by 67 68 69 like they're not running anymore and part of that has to do with with russell and don't ask him to run anymore and <laughs> he's like i'm way too fucking old to run but i think yeah. there's something to be said it's not just russell showing up and fixing everything it's that koozie was able to to play so well i mean russell's the i would argue the greatest big in transition ever that comes with koozie though like that right. that runs with koozie i sold him on it i could sell water to a faucet let's do it <laughs> i mean you sold us sold bob koozie to a lakers fan i <laughs> yeah I, I hope certain people never hear this pod um okay i i, I think i've also kind of talked myself out of gervin the more i look at it i mean his scoring is just so fluid and so efficient that lack of playoff success is a real stinger we can throw him in there. I think I think when we get to like forty ish, like perfect spot. For, let's just hold on. So so then I I am gonna make the case for Kawhi then at thirty three. Kawhi has all of the talent and the ability. He has the two way impact to be a lot higher. The thing he is missing is health, but he has had that magical run. That Toronto run is absolutely magical and it is better than anything else that anyone here down has. I I've been I'm a notorious. Kawhi Leonard hater on TikTok just be, just because of it's so he has two all-star seasons in San Antonio people always forget that he made the all-star team twice in San Antonio and then he and then he leaves throws together 2019 amazing and then it's two half clipper seasons and now we're here I just told the entire story of Kawhi Leonard two seasons two seasons in San Antonio magical run and then two half Clipper seasons. And now it's today. It's 2022. And it's November 6th. I have told the entire story of Kawhi. I think he's a better player than Patrick Ewing. I think he's a better player than everyone on the board. You kind of have to be there, though, on the court. Especially given if he was dominating this to start this season, I think I'd feel a little bit differently about it. But he's played two games so far, 12 points per game, six boards, two assists. And then they shut him back down, which is just absurd um his knee is gonna calcify like his knee is gonna get stuck in one spot you have to use your muscles like to keep them he's gonna atrophy away i get it i i, I fully get it but he has done the thing that everyone wants to do he has made I know, it i know Dolph fucking Dolph shays has put him on there <laughs> my gosh yeah it's just 
And, and you know, you can say the exact same thing about Bill Walton, but but Kawhi is at least more than just a two-time All Star. Like Kawhi has had five time, or Bill has two fifths of the career of Kawhi. Like it's two All Stars to five. It's I I I mean, who who are you gonna make the case for? Who who is your counter? Um, I think it's I think it's it's Ewing time. I think we should get Ewing and Robinson out of here. Forget about them. Go to bed happy. With Ewing, you get, we're going to the playoffs. We're probably going to win a playoff series because he goes past the second round pretty frequently. And things considered, we're going to make a run to the finals. And we can probably make it to the conference finals as well. Over the course of 10, 11 years, just straight. I think if you're a team, if you're a franchise, you're taking that. Like If, if I told you, hey, you're going to get one amazing is this guy the best player in the league season? I'm not telling you if you get a rig or not. You have to figure that shit out. And then just a bunch of injuries. Or I'll give you one of the 10 best players in the league for 10 years. And you're like, oh. you, take the, you take the 10. You take the 10 because championships are built on consistency. You can get fluke runs. But if you want to build that title, if you want to build a team around a player, he has to be there. It's the issue with Derrick Rose where I, I've argued that Rose did more damage in Chicago than help because they had this team built around this guy and he wasn't there and they were good when he was hurt but they had this roster spot where an mvp should be and there is no mvp he's gone just talking talent wise Kawhi, a healthy Kawhi. just stop right there the healthy Kawhi. you've already burned it <laughs> you shot yourself in the foot go ahead but uh... I mean, a healthy Kawhi is just on another level that, that Patrick Ewing never gets to. There's never a point in Patrick Ewing's career where you feel like you're going to win the title with him. You, you get close. You you push the Bulls to seven games. You make the finals and, you know, have have a decent run against the, the, the Rockets. But, like, that's not really Patrick being this this overpowering presence. Like, there, there was a talk. There was a time where it was debatable heading into his seasons was Kawhi the best player in the league and I don't think I don't think Patrick ever has that all right I'm sold let's do it perfect because I also really wanted to have Kawhi over David Robinson it just feels like in the Spurs hierarchy okay this is the just... lowest on any list of reason that I've seen David Robinson fall well good because I'm, I'm not opposed <laughs> I mean, to him continuing to fall. You just hate David Robbins. I mean, like, I, I seriously... No, there's, there's something about defense that attracts casual fans. It's just like, there's like, oh, this guy could play offense and defense, therefore he is better than everyone who can't. And, and those people haven't, like, I guess just think of, like, what made Kawhi Leonard so good. His offense. His offense, because he could get a bucket literally whenever, that he was yeah. 30 points per game. If he was just defense and he was like rookie level Kawhi on offense, that player isn't that good. But if he was just his offense and rookie level Kawhi on defense, that's still one of the 10 best players, 15 best players in the league. Yeah. De- defense remains overrated. Like for David Robinson, I've seen, P- I don't even think of David Robinson when I think about defensive players. And part of that comes into, and maybe I'm wrong to do that, but all right, David Robinson is one of the best defenders in the league. All right, David, go stop this guy and he's like maybe maybe <laughs> like hey david could, let me just let me just find someone let me just find someone let's see well here i've, I've got all the lists um the athletic in 2022 dave robson's 20 espn 2022 he's 25 espn 2020 he's 24 bleacher report 2019 he's 12 slam magazine he's 29 si top 
of 50, 2016, he's 28. We're, we're breaking from this deviation, but one of the things that we that matters to us is what you actually did. And what Robinson actually did is not actually all of that impressive. It's just, it's, it's just it, not. It's just there is there is zero instances in the playoffs of David Robinson blanking the team. Like you said with Garnett in that Hawks series where Garnett has that game, has that moment where you look at David Robinson, let's say against, he doesn't even really match up against great centers. Obviously, Hakeem eats him for breakfast. He plays horribly in the 96 Western Conference semis. Let's see. Let me like he plays Phoenix. Here's he he's he's 26, 13, and 2 on the 68% shooting against Golden State in the first round of the 91 playoffs. But they get gouged by Mullen, Hardaway, and Richmond doing whatever they want at any time, anywhere, on any place in the court. And it's like, hey David, like can you go stop Chris Mullen? And he's like, maybe I might. You want me like, and he just doesn't, and then they lose. And you're like, like, how valuable is this mystical defense you speak of? Yeah, I mean, so let's let's just return to our list because we've got nominations from each each position at point guard. This has our number seven point guard on the board, which is Isaiah Thomas. Putting him in this high is a pretty far deviation from where I'm used to, but I don't hate it. Our number five shooting guard, George Gervin. Our number ten small forward, ten. Did I skip someone? Just checking here. Yes, our number 10 small forward, Dominique Wilkins, our number 7 power forward, Dolph Shays, and our number 9 center, Patrick Ewing. Man, we do a little Dolph Shays research before I go all in. Do you have a nomination in mind? I'm also looking at Shays. Six All-NBA first teams. Second place MVP in 1958. Yep. One of my favorite playoff series. Look at um, 1960 Eastern Divisional Semis. Okay. First, Will. Okay. Just take a look at it. Tell me what you see. All right. While I'm doing that, take a look at the 59 in series against Boston. I will. Uh-huh. That's what, that's what defense looks like. There's your defensive impact for Bill. But he still plays well. Like I think if you're going up against Bill, 28-13 on 37% shooting, like I think he did, did okay. Shooting adjusted for the era is, yeah. is that's yeah. not terrible. So, but yeah. look at that game seven. Let me see. Let's see. Let me close out a few tabs. Got a lot of David Robinson shit on my screen. <laughs> We're not going to talk David Robinson today. We're not even making it there. One. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Let me see. Game seven. Wow. Damn. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. So to to avoid el- elimination, game six, Dolph Shays is putting up 39, 12, and eight. Then in game seven, 35, 16, and nine. It, it's, it's two incredible games. One he wins, one he loses. And then the Celtics sweep the Lakers in the finals. It's Dolph Shays time. We're putting him in. We've convinced right. ourselves. Um, the, the, with Shays, they make the playoffs every single year he plays, which, again, it, not uh, most of the teams make it, but that's still something. He makes the conference finals nine times, or what was essentially the conference finals, in the finals three times. And so it's not just making the playoffs. It's like, all right, Dolph Shays, and we're going to go. We're at least going to be one of the four best teams in the league. Maybe one of the two. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with it. I think we have to give some respect and some nod. It's been a minute since we've had kind of an older guy. I guess it hasn't actually been. It's just been us debating because we had Kuzi at 32. So <laughs> It's been one spot. A lot of time spent debating, but, you know. All right, so so then we're, we're back to our similar dilemma. Are, are, I mean, do you want Patrick Ewing at thirty-five? Is that? Yeah, I think that I think that's the right spot. I, I think now you we've officially gotten to the point where. Could, could I argue him thirty-six? 
can I try to read your mind and who you're gonna who you're gonna put in thirty five? Yeah. Is it Dominique yeah, Wilkins? It's not. Ah, I love it, Dominique. Is it Gervin still? You go back to Gervin. No, no, no. I, right. I don't know what I was thinking. It was, it was a moment of temporary insanity. Forgive right. me. Okay. I forgive you. I forgive you. It's Isaiah Thomas. Okay. And Isaiah Thomas has the thing that we always kind of poo-poo of being the best offensive player on a defensive team. There's also the counterpoint to him of he realized he wasn't good enough to do it and stopped doing as much. You know, the secret to basketball is it's not about basketball type of stuff, which it's both cool and great and also bullshit. Like <laughs> it, that's why you, it's like, no, you're just not a top 10 player. If you are a top 10 player, you don't have to do less. You just get teammates around you. Like, but he still is the driving force behind one of the two championship teams. I would maybe argue both. Although Joe Dumars gets the other finals MVP. It's, it's a questionable finals MVP. Yeah. But Dumars is whatever in the first the rounds prior to that Dumars dominates the finals but he's regular Dumars even worse than he usually is in the rounds leading up to that yeah and and, you know I mean I just think if we want to talk about impact on basketball impact on the NBA who was considered a better player in their era who did more who won more kind of feels like we need to have Isaiah Thompson above Patrick Ewing and then we can have Patrick Ewing I'm a little nervous but I'm interested how can we possibly make a TikTok video about David Robinson being this low? <laughs> it's just, I, I remember just getting dragged for having him at like 27. It's, I mean, you say, hey, we're reality-based people. And everything that you loved about David Robinson was theoretical. Everything that, you know. Didn't exist. You, yeah. And, and, you know, looking back at, at some of these lists, like Sports Illustrated, I'm 28 and 2016. How many other players did they have lower in 2016 that would have pushed him back to to in the 30s? And everyone's value set is a little bit different. I really hope that no one listens to this and says, these guys are the definitive answers. And What? What do you mean? What are we? <laughs> I, I think we're trying to do our best at a list. And That's bullshit, Nate. We're the definitive answers. We are the one beacon of truth in this cold, cold world. My guy, I'm not sure I agree with our list because I'm <laughs> fighting you with every other guy and I have to compromise. I think this is a this is a good exercise to go through. That's a BDR. But I hope we both look at this and walk away and we're like, man, we should make some changes to it. Yeah, because that, that is the beauty of, of basketball and having debates and arguments. Something interesting about Isaiah Thomas, and I don't know how far down you can drop the assist, but he's the only player ever to average 20 and 13. I'm not that far, because 20, like Harden averaged 30 and 11, so... But there's some there's some value to that. Um, I don't know how he ever did in MVP conversations if he was Isaiah? a perennial candidate. Yeah, he, he's not not really in those talks at all. But once again, MVP is a great judge and measuring stick of what you did in the regular season. Uh, on my TikTok Jimmy Butler video that went out today that somehow got like 10,000 views. That's that's a good video for me. That's a fantastic video. A good video for me. Thank you. Um, it, someone was like, well, he's not top 10 or he is. And let's have this debate. And someone put DeMar Rosen as in the top 10. And like, well, he was fourth in MVP last year. Where was where was Jimmy Butler? And I'm like, but then uh, we see the playoffs. You see what happens. Let's see where we really are. Yeah. And, like, that's great that David Robinson was higher than Patrick Ewing. We saw it in the playoffs that Patrick Ewing consistently had more success. And I think I think we can say the same for Isaiah Thomas, is that he's just consistently having more success in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. 
87 to 90. Isaiah Thomas is 21 points. It is in the playoffs. He plays 75 games, 38 minutes a game, 21 points, eight and emphasis, four boards. And he's, he's a good defensive player. Like you don't have, he's at least disruptive and active and engaged, which is like 50% of defense. It's just like, are you rotating enough? <clears throat> James Harden. It's a little tricky because you do see like Thomas's statistical dominance go away when the winning starts. But again, like that's kind of what good teams look like. But yeah, man. He also doesn't play for very long. He plays long enough. Eh, not really for like a '60s player. He's done. He's done averaging 20 points per game by age 25. He's done averaging 10 assists per game by age 25. Yeah, but he's still an all-star to 31. We're talking in what is this 12-time all-star? Like, uh, yes, the pace is also slowing down. Coming out of the '80s, going into the '90s. You know, what? I accept it. I, I really do like Isaiah Thomas. I, I'm happy to, to look into If we look at his per 100s, which I hate per 100 stats, and how Basketball Reference does it, and it, it doesn't just say if the pace was 100 games. It says if player X played 100 possessions. Can we just go through, like, do the math ourselves? Maybe I'll do that. Like a side, maybe I'll spend like a day taking everyone we've done and just making the top 100, like the per 100 for us. I knew a guy that did that, and he, he built a similar matrix. At least mine, we obviously have our differences, but like it, it was, it's a nice thing to do. Um, but if you look at Isaiah's per 100 possessions, which is if he plays 100 possessions, the numbers are incredibly consistent uh, scoring wise. His assists definitely do spike and drop, but like it, it's pretty consistent. It's a, it's a pace of play issue with an Isaiah that that that's that's what kind of causes this drop off. I accept. So are we looking at this point? Is it's got to be Ewing? Yes. We're doing a Ewing Robinson yes. combo back yes. to back. All right, I'm sold. Yes. Which I I think we set ourselves up for this because the Ewing this is this is about where Ewing is. You know, we look at other lists. The Athletic has him 37. ESPN 40. ESPN 2020, 37, Bleacher Report, 38. There's a, there's also a lot of group think with these things. You know, no one, we're sitting here saying that we're afraid because we're going to put this on the internet. What is the internet going to say and do to us? But we've done the research. We've, we we have a solid process here. Ewing, 36, Robinson, 37. And now, now let's talk about my boy, George. I'd say we're credible sources. Yeah, semi, maybe. <laughs> Steve Nash is on the board now. So just to refresh for everyone listening, that's six hours into this podcast, is we have Steve Nash, George Gervin, Dominique Wilkins, Elvin Hayes. God, we are not going to talk about a power forward for six podcasts. Um, and Willis Reed. I'm interested in Nash. Okay. Are you interested in Nash? It isn't. It's a fair case uh, because I'm actually just looking at Wayne Dominique versus George Gervin as far as scoring threats and potentials. And they're pretty close. I, I, I do not want to try to make a top forty case for for Dominique Wilkins. Um, but we're all we're also by the system we've set up. We're pushing Iverson and Drexler into a free fall. How did I talk us into Gervin Ger- at five? I wanted Gervin at five. You wanted Gervin over Iverson and Drexler? Yeah, I did. I totally did. Okay, well I'll let you get roasted on the internet. That, Go ahead. George Gervin's really good. <laughs> I think it's something interesting. It's like if you wanted to tell me that if you want to go Drexler over Iverson, I, I think I'm into I'm into that. Um, a Drexler is just well, maybe not as individually dominant, 
as a an Allen Iverson, he's clearly more effective. You can build around someone like this with standard team building process processes where Iverson is very special. And I think Iverson is extremely fortunate. He had the 016ers built around him in the way that they were. Where I think Gervin or sorry, but um where I think Drexler just could kind of exist and be really good. Yeah. Yeah, he can do a lot more. That's another conversation. All right. I, I'm thinking about Nash. And I like I like the Nash pick here. And Parks also allows us to to maybe sneak my guy Gary Payton into the top forty. Nash does have limited All Star appearances. Yeah, but man, there is a undoubted effectiveness. There is, and one of the things when I was doing was looking at Dirk. Was how effective was Dirk earlier in his career? And like, I get I, I get Dallas's moving off of Nash, but their last year together. They're phenomenal. They're 60 wins. They're in the Western Conference Finals, and they're close. I mean, maybe not close, close. Um, the, the Spurs run off three straight victories that are not particularly close in games two, three, and four. But Nash, I mean, the whole NBA is different if they can they can pull that off, and that's probably the most challenging series that, that the Spurs have that year. Yeah. Nash is well, maybe not. My Nash impress, my Nash, my Nash impression is, hey guys, we're, we may not go to the finals, but we're gonna have a really good offense. Like, hop on my back, like let's do this. Mm-hmm. He's not an automatic contending team, but we're in, we are in that range where you're not gonna find that anymore. But Nash is undoubtedly of extremely effective and runs these these number one offenses. I think he is like eight seasons of of I think it's eight seasons of having the number one offense in the league and part of that's him part of that's being with Dirk and and what whatnot but no one else is close I think Curry has like three and Magic has three everyone else is in the in the dust in terms of what he could do um I've heard people say that Nash was a system point guard which is stupid because he was the system you need someone like Steve Nash to run a said system that's kind of it yeah just hey I don't know. It's hard. To, it's very hard to quantify Nash without rambling like I just did. Well, if we want to talk about things like championships left on the table, which is something that I've brought up, there was that 03 run. In 06, he gets his power forward to average 24 points per game on 52% shooting. Do you know who that power forward is in the 06 run? 06. That's still, it's that's not Stoudemire yet, is it? Or is that still Stoudemire? Is is it is it Marion? No, it's it's. Is it your question? It's Boris Diaw because wow, Amari Stoudemire gets injured and plays just three games that season. Oh wow, well, yeah. And they make the Western Conference Finals, and in that Western Conference Finals, Raja Bell gets hurt and only plays four of the six games. He gets hurt when the, it's two two, and Dallas. Dallas takes game five and game six, and like by all means, this is a masterful Dirk game. Game five, Dirk drops fifty and twelve. Jeez. On good shooting splits. Like, I'm sorry, I don't even know if you had Amari if you're getting past this, but you're you're pushing that 06 Mavs team really hard without two, you know, without your second best player and then without a key starter. I think that needs to be discussed. Also, the the Robert Ory hip check that got but Amari Stoudemire, her and Boris Diaw suspended the next season. The next series? No, no, the next year. Hmm. Or um, 2007, when oh, the Spurs sorry. win. I misunderstood. Phoenix pushes them, and that's that's the Spurs' toughest series. 
is is it's the semis and not the Western Conference Finals or anything, but like that's the toughest series for the Spurs. And you also have this kind of chicanery where some of your best players are tossed and suspended or not available. You know, the the Nash era really could have been a lot better if if factors outside of Nash were were different, which is what I just said we wouldn't say about David Robinson. But Robinson was healthy and Robinson had his teammates healthy. The Robinson just wasn't good enough. Nash, I feel like it feels like everything Robinson went like was fine in a sense. Yeah. His him yeah. getting injured obviously hurts, but for Nash, it's just things outside of his control that are falling on him. Yeah, there are some players where you feel like everything goes right, and Nash is not one of those guys. He's not. He's. I think if I we should do a lucky like we should take the top fifty or something and just give them a score on how lucky they were. And Nash is one of the unluckiest, where he just he runs into the Spurs eight times and loses seven of them yeah and then for some of those is like his best second best player is hurt and he's still getting porous to average all those points moving on let's let's get two more let's close yes yes we went steve nash yep steve nash 38 which opens the door to the new point guard on the list my boy gary payton no it doesn't it's jason kidd fuck <laughs> you're not sneaking you're not sneaking uh are you sure i've got i've got Peyton is number nine and Kid at number ten. No, we have we have Kid uh we have Kid above Peyton. I'm sure of it. What type of chicanery is this? There's no way I would have agreed to Peyton above Jason Kidd. I thought I made a very convincing point with my story about Jeffrey. <laughs> I, I you couldn't you couldn't uh you couldn't sell me. How about I'm interested in Kid, but because Kid is instant winning basketball, I think his finals runs are a little overrated because the nets are like the seventh best team in the league but the east is so bad they could just make the finals anyways mm-hmm. what happened to the what happened to your george gervin hype where's where's uh where's that because i think that's what it's down to it's gervin or it's kid and i think it's it's either one of it's one of the two at, at 39 and 40 it's just what order do you want it i personally man personally really want gary payton do you want to go kid and then payton that's the only order you can't go out of order of the, of the thing we built before man I also just feels feels wrong having Drexler continuously dropping. Yeah, but Drexler, I I have Drexler like like fiftieth about, so I think he'll probably oh, he'll probably fall in like right around there. All right, I I, I like I, I have talked myself into Gary Payton over Gervin okay. mentally, and so if I'm if I'm maintaining that talk, then I also need to have Kid over Gervin. Which man, I don't know what is up with my Gervin insanity today. I just, he's so smooth. And I really, I, I think his playoff lack of success is really overblown just from a one lack of teammates. Two, he actually did have a lot of success. It's just the era you only have a couple of teams in the playoffs when you have a bunch of teams in the league. And it just, I get you it. Also have, you also have buys. That's, that's the thing is that you have a bye and he gets these buys so he's in the second round without having played the first round so he doesn't get that win and a loss he just gets the loss it's a good point um but i think kid making multiple finals teams and really taking those nets because they weren't good it's not like he showed up and like was this extra little sauce i'm pulling up the record right here before he got there but yeah in 2001 they were 26 and 56 with a coach who had an out to leave them as soon as the Lakers job came available, he turns them into 52 and 30 mm-hmm. and a finals team. And yes, those Eastern Conference competitions weren't the greatest. 
You still have to win. You still have to win them. Yeah, and and he does win several of them convincingly. Not so much in 2002, but 2003, he sweeps the Celtics in the second round, and he sweeps the Pistons in the Eastern Conference Finals, and the next year the Pistons would be the champions. That's an accomplishment. The Pistons go like two finals, three Eastern Conference Finals, and one of them Mm -hmm. is Jason Kidd whooping their ass, and you're like, yeah, Jason Kidd. And to be fair, the next year when the Pistons win the championship, the Nets push them to Game 7. Yeah. It's, you know, and and these are all team accomplishments, but we can go through and we can pick out the Jason Kidd games and the, the numbers here or that point to Kidd being incredibly good. I'm in favor of it. Does that leave us with, the if you want to, the one thing I like, man, are we, do we want to move Drexler above Iverson? Like just. Oh, we're going to get blamed for having Iverson this low, but. Like, I don't I'm, know if I want to, I don't want to change anything we did because we did it, but part of me feels like I, I, I don't know. No, no, no. Okay, no, no, you've, okay. you've already snuck in this Jason Kidd chicanery. I will not accept it. <laughs> All right. He was there. I've had the same list. I'll play back the tape. My Jason Kidd agenda exposed. All right. I think this this leaves us with, again, is it Gervin or is it Gary Payton? It's Payton. I think it's Payton. I think it's the right call. Um, and it's, it's Payton for the exact opposite of what we said earlier. <laughs> God, I hate. This is why you can't have a true philosophy on how we... You rank players. You have to look at everything in individual scenarios because what we've bashed on people for overrating defense is the case for Gary Payton. Yeah, but Gary Payton's good on offense, though. He, he's good, but he's not, not great. And we're, and we're debating a two-way impact player versus a one-way impact player. But it, it, it's not as simple as saying offense is better or defense is worse. It's it, it's at certain levels, and it's, it's Shaq's offense is better than... Re- than Hakeem's offense and defense. It's Peyton's offense and defense is a better thing than Gervin's just offense. There there are different levels. Yeah, I totally get it. But given with Peyton, you get arguably the best defensive point guard ever. Suck plus, at market smart. <laughs> plus 21 and a half points and eight assists on 46% shooting from 95 to 03. That's not... He's not a defensive specialist. I mean, he's good enough to essentially lead a team on offense. Yeah. And he does that. Yeah, he does. He has, you know... He also has a a decent amount of longevity. He's playing into his late 30s and actually still playing, like... Yeah. I always forget, because for me, like, Peyton's like, okay, 96. Like, that's peak Peyton. But he really gets to his best in the late 90s. Like, 2000, Gary Payton's still really good. And that, that seems like a weird era for him. All right, we have a top 40. Boom. Read it back. Yes. Jordan, LeBron, Kareem, Bill Russell, Duncan, Shaq, Magic, Bird, Kobe, Curry, Wilt, Dr. J, Hakeem, Durant, Oscar Robertson, West, Mikan, Moses, Karl Malone, Dirk, Giannis, Kevin Garnett, Bob Pettit, Dwayne Wade, Elgin Baylor, James Harden, Charles Barkley, Chris Paul, John Havlicek, Scottie Pippen, Rick Barry, Bob Cousy, Kawhi Leonard, Dolph Shays, Isaiah Thomas, Patrick Ewing, David Robinson, Steve Nash, Jason Kidd, and Gary Payne. Leaving us with the nominations of John Stockton, George Gervin, Dominic Wilkins, Elvin Hayes, and Willis Reed. Fun stuff. What do you say we just skip 40 through 60 and we just jump back in this set at 61? Just... <laughs> Should we do that? This is going to get hard. It's getting to a lot of flawed guys, but loving this. It's going to be a lot of fun. 